Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Hope y'all having a great week, and I appreciate y'all being here, man. I really do, because we have one of the most kind souls on the episode, on the podcast this day. Fucking love sitting down and talking with this guy. Really great dude to be around, just a great friend. Just one of those guys that just makes you feel good when you're around him. Before I introduce this week's guest, I just wanted to give a big thanks to our sponsors, uh, Legal Pete's. Um, the holiday season is always more enjoyable with a few margaritas in you, and nothing warms you up like a popping hot cup of queso. So Legal Pete's is hooking y'all up this season with a little something extra. Spend $100 on gift cards and get an extra $25 for free. And make sure to use promo code TABOO when checking out on the app or in stores to get 15% off your entire order. That's promo code TABOO, T-V-B-O-O. For 15% off your entire order. Wishing you a happy holidays for your favorite go-to spot for burritos, beers, and buddies. Love those guys, and thank you all again. Also wanted to give a big thanks to our second sponsor of this show, Elevate 08 and Offbeat. If you don't know who this company is, rest assured that you're in the hands of the highest quality jerseys and merch around. Also throwing the most fun and unique parties out there. Not only do they give us dope products and events, they also give back to the community by donating a little something extra every month. Make sure to be on the lookout in 2023 as Elevate 08 and Offbeat are going nationwide with their products and events. And trust me when I say, these are not events that you want to miss out on. They are so much fucking fun. Very, very unique and just a really good time. So make sure to watch out for that. And once again, thank you to Elevate 08 and Offbeat for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Um, you know, I'm on tour right now. The blue collar base tour is almost over. I got two weeks left, y'all. Um, it has been the most unique experience, most fun experience in my entire life. Um, it's just been so much fun. You know, it's something that, you know, I feel like everybody always works. Every artist is just like thinking of, man, I can't wait to have my own headline tour. And I got to have it. And uh, it wouldn't be possible without y'all. And it's been awesome meeting everybody, man. I make sure to try to say hey to everybody at the end of the shows. Um, you know, a lot of y'all been coming up to me and telling me y'all really enjoy this podcast. You've been enjoying the album, the music, everything. So really means a lot. And um, it's been awesome meeting everybody. And I got two weeks left. So come see me. Like I said, send us out with a bang, dude. If you see me, come say, hey, man, come say, hey, I just want to thank everybody for coming out and supporting. So last shows I got, I got 1108, uh, 1208, sorry, <laughs> this, this Thursday, Indianapolis at the Mousetrap, Friday, December the 9th, Chicago, Illinois at the Bottom Lounge, uh, December the 10th, St. Louis, Missouri at the Old Rock House, and then uh, this Sunday, December the 11th, I will be in Boca Raton, Florida at Cyclops Cove, finishing it out with 11, uh, 12, I don't know why I keep saying 11. 1214 Springfield, Missouri at the Outland Ballroom. 1215 Kansas City, Missouri at Record Bar. 1216 Omaha, Nebraska at the Waiting Room. And then 1217 Oklahoma, Oklahoma City at the Farmer's Market. And then ending the tour December the 23rd in New Orleans, Louisiana at Republic. And we are doing a comedy show before the uh, actual show in New Orleans. So... Make sure to go get your tickets. A lot of the shows are close to selling out. Some of them are already sold out. You can get your tickets at musicbytaboo.com, and I appreciate y'all. And enough promotion from me, y'all. My guest this week is fucking an incredible producer in person. Um, he has a new song that just came out called Alien Ship Part 2. He is on tour right now, his headline tour, called Alien Ship. And, man, I just love talking to this guy. You can just tell he just loves 
so many things and he just holds on to holds on to memories which is love and you know I don't know I don't know the best way to explain this guy it's just love man he's just a good vibe just a good dude to be around it just seems like your typical California stoner stereotype but way more special than that so I'm gonna let it get into it ladies and gentlemen schlump And I'm like the opposite of that type of person. Yeah. I'm really good at defusing those type of situations. Yeah, you're such like a like a yeah. um, so I was, peaceful, like, con guy. I couldn't imagine trying to fight you. <laughs> yeah, he was legit like, you don't want some and all this. And I was just like, dude, I'm sorry. We're having a little party with some friends. Um, we're going to be gone like at a reasonable hour. We're just going to make a little bit of noise. You know, it's like my birthday, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like still all hyphy and getting crazy. But dude, he just had it out for me ever since then, man. So he, any chance he had where I, we would fuck up, he'd like bang on the walls. Oh, dude, if I if I was you, I would have been like waiting for a chance to him fuck up too. Oh. So I'd just be like banging on the wall, dude. Yeah. Like you like that? You fucking like that? Right. I I just try to avoid conflict because I'm like, dude, this is my neighbor and shit. Like n underneath me. Yeah. And I I remember one time I was just there, like. Because we had a driveway right next to each other. Mm. So he pulls up right next to me and shit. And I'm just on my phone. I like look over at him. I'm just like, hey. And he's just like, <laughs> like mean mugging me. And I'm just like, all right. Oh. And I just like pull away. I get I get what you're saying, <laughs> dude. You're a peaceful guy. But sometimes people like that just got to get their ass beat. Yeah, for you, sure. You know what I mean? Like, man, like I know I had a family member who was just being a fucking asshole one day. Well, not one day for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, he was detox. You know, he was going through it. But like, you know, just treating everyone like shit. And I'm just like, I, I said, fuck it. And I just kicked his ass. You did? Yeah. Nice. And that, and you know, he, he needed that. Yeah. You, no one was upset with me for doing it. <laughs> well, it's better if it's like your family. True, you know true, I mean? true. Yeah. Because then, uh, you know, you don't got to get the law involved and all that shit. No, nah, like, dude, okay. the law actually saw it because <laughs> it was outside of a gas man, station. Man, that's some real, like, southern shit right <laughs> there, man. It was outside of a gas station. You're really living up to your legacy with that <laughs> one, fighting your, fighting your cousin, is that right? I don't want to say who it was, man, in the family. <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus like that. But, like, yeah, dude, the fucking police, you know, came up, and I'm just like, dude, this is my brother. Motherfucker was acting up, and I that's said, so do you want to do this? And he's like, all right, well, it's over. I'm like, yeah, yeah. and he's like, all right, get out of here. Good, man. Yeah. And then you guys hugged it out. Nope. 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 He just knew his place. Nice. <laughs> cheers, buddy. Oh, cheers dude. to that, man. Hey, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Let me get you. Let me get you the man, most patriotic this, coaster. Let's get patriotic up in here. <laughs> yeah. We got the blue ribbon going. Always, man. Man, I'm doing good, though, man. Just had the day off uh, in Denver yesterday and kicked it with my cousin who lives out here. Nice. Nice to kind of connect with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, Mission Ballroom was dope as fuck, bro. Dude, your set, your set was so sick. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Thank dude, you. we fucking, uh, me and my girl, man, we snuck up like right by the rail, up front. Yeah, I caught a little. I always love going through like Instagram clips, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm so in the zone. It's almost like tunnel vision or something when you're performing. You're not. I'm not like aware of all the visuals and shit going on. So 
I love getting to look back at clips. Yeah. And I saw one that your girl posted and I, I was like, there was legit like sweat drops like flying everywhere. I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm really getting that vibe off this one. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, we got up close, man, because I was, you know, she likes being in the crowd and I was oh, like, Oh, it's the best. I was like, fuck it, let's go. I know, I just I like doing it, but like if people would just leave me alone. You know what I mean? Like it's true, yeah. It's cool saying hey, but like if I'm out there with my girl, I'm trying to like enjoy the night. Like I'm a big fan of yours, so like I'm trying to like actually oh, dance and have a good time. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some people really get that, you know, they mm -hmm. get giving people space and some people fully just don't understand that and like just bombard you, you know. I'll say that night people were real respectful. There's be like, hey, taboo, good set the other night, cool. fist bump and then I just like walk that. away. You know, I like that a lot. And um, I always try to interact with fans, even if they are a little bit weird and kind of like aggressive mm -hmm. because, you know, they're the force that like allows us to do this shit. Yeah, so. I definitely like I will say hey to everybody who wants to say hey but if i'm walking and you're saying hey i'm not stopping walking i just turn and hey and totally. just keep the walk sometimes you gotta just keep it moving yeah man. keep, it, keep moving. it moving they're trying to talk to me like come on walk with me walk with me if i stop it's over with yeah man yeah man but yeah man it was a good weekend i honestly i almost got stuck almost didn't make it to mission ballroom i was up in um kalamazoo the night before just crazy whiteout conditions and was like sitting on the runway for four hours and I, I thought we were for sure going to, like, go back to the airport and mm -hmm. deplane, but took off and, like, made it, and I was just, oh, so relieved. Dude, yeah. you lucked out. Because, I know. Yeah, because I was supposed to be flying to Grand Rapids, and, dude, the uh, I think you were probably, like, the last plane to leave that we airport. We for sure were. Yeah, because, like, we, I was on my airplane, like, mm -hmm. to go to Grand Rapids. Yeah. And then, like, 30 minutes later, this flight has been canceled. We need everyone to deboard, and we're like, oh, fuck. Dude. I think there was like three workers there on the tarmac that day. It was fucked, dude, because we were just watching them work on one plane, like load it up, um, all the luggage, and then bring it over and de-ice it. And it took them like three hours to do one plane. Damn. And it was like two people or three people. And then like an hour goes by, nothing's happening, and then they start working on us. So I think they just had like a crazy shortage of people and the shit conditions. Yeah, probably yeah. people couldn't get to the airport. Yeah, that's you know? it. So, like, we had a big snowstorm. I won't even say snowstorm, because, I, I mean, everything to me is a snowstorm. You know, I'm from mm. the South. We ain't used to that shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we had to drive to the airport on uh, Friday morning, and it was like, we probably got, like, five or six inches of snow, bro. That shit was terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking to my tour manager. I was like, dude, like, if we're having trouble getting to the airport, I bet you TSA agents are having trouble getting to the airport, too. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they were, because those lines were nuts, just because they couldn't get to work, bro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's that time of year. I've been really lucky with, like, I've only missed, I think, like, one one show because of, like, air travel mm. in a long career of, like, touring. So that's pretty lucky. I've had two situations where I literally landed and, like, Ubered straight there and, like, missed half the set mm -hmm. and still played, like, 20 minutes or yeah. something. Uh Yeah. But uh, it is kind of hectic traveling this time of year. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't mind the show getting canceled, dude, because I could I got to come see you at Mission Ballroom, bro. Yeah, it's not too bad when you got that going on. It's right. a plan B. Yeah. But, you know, you always want to come and perform mm -hmm. you know, when you can. You said your long list history of touring. Actually, before we get into it, man, we got Mr. Jeremy Wood back there, dude. What's up, guys? What's up? He's back, man. Happy to be here. He's back. Yeah. It's been a minute since you've been here, brother, but I'm happy to have you here. Been a little break. You know, got life going on. So, so, so Jeremy's like your Jamie. 
Yeah, it's him him and Kyle Brim. They've uh we in this thing. Yeah, they hold it down with the uh Running the running the running work them. behind we, the we scenes. We got questions. We got anything coming from the internet. You know, we got all the answers. Oh, bro, dude, they're a pleasure nice, to work man. with, and they bring a lot to the show, bro. Well, I gotta say this because I said it when we were <laughs> off there, but this shit is official, my man. Yeah, dude, it's like I'm trying. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to have a podcast or something. It's you know? like you're really doing it, bro. It's like I'm really trying to have a good podcast. I did one other podcast, and it was. Just a little weird because it was um, like a Zoom thing, you know? So there was just a little bit of, I feel like, latency and just drag between us. Yeah, disconnect. We can't just sit here and cheers Not, beers. You don't get that chemistry yeah, yeah, that we, I'm feeling right now. We can't know? sit here and cheers beers. Yeah. yeah. Cheers again, bro. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I like you so much. Mm. But you said your long life of touring. How long have you been touring at Shalom, dude? Man, for a while, you know? I started... We want to really go back, you know. I started doing electronic music and like kind of pursuing it as a career when I was probably eighteen or nineteen, How old are which you now? was um, like twelve years ago. I'm, I'm um, thirty-one. Damn, bro. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of fresh out of high school. I was really into music. Like I had known for a while. Like yeah, I want to do music. It's just what I loved, you know. Kind of prior to electronic, was really into hip-hop rap um death metal punk like i was music appreciator really liked a lot of different shit as long as it's authentic and real like i'll fuck with it so yeah around 18 or 19 i kind of started going to festivals and started going to some of these underground shows in the the bay area san francisco and oakland area and just got exposed to like dubstep at that time and it was Oh, so new, you know what I mean? It was such like this moment of novelty where I was like, what the fuck is this, man? Mm. Like, how do they make this? What are they doing? Like, it's just like fascinating to me. Mm. So that's kind of what sparked it. And um, yeah, for years I was just kind of grinding and starting to produce and shit. And like probably like 18 to 23 was just like getting my skills and making stuff. And I was going by actually Schlump Criminal at that time. <laughs> so if you want to Schlump Criminal, yeah, Schlump dude. Criminal. So if you want to hear some like really old, terribly produced, like there's a couple ideas there, all right, but a lot of shit. Yeah. Check out Schlump Criminal. Dude, were you were you thugging back then, dude? Were you fucking out there on them streets like that? Were you a criminal? I mean, it's funny because I kind of like this is a little bit of another sidetrack, but my whole life was like revolved around weed. It's weird to say, but ever since I was like 12 or 13, I just like sold weed. And then when I was like 16 or 17, I started growing weed and then just evolved until I was like 23 or 24. That was like my fucking career and my life. And like when I was like 18 to 23, I was running two houses and like, just way too much responsibilities for me at that age. Yeah. Or that was it was it through uh legal ways at this time? Because I know you were no living way. in California. No way. Gotcha. It was big trapping. Damn, <laughs> so you were as a criminal. But the funny thing is I didn't name myself that because I was a criminal. It was because I would Man, we're going all over That's the place. Fine, That's, That's fine, dude. That's a cool. podcast. If we can do that. Right, yeah. But the word slump, a lot of people think it's like some stoner or me like slumped over, but it's actually a word from the Bay Area that was like when the speakers are slapping or knocking. It's they slump. Yeah, they slump. Mm. And there's a bunch of rappers that used to say it, and I was, it was just some dumb little word me and my homies we used to say all the time, so. So it was like slump, but the criminal was that I, I would always like cause 
because I was living with my dad at this time, you know, I was like, like 17 or 18. And um, he would always get hella pissed at me for making music too loud. So that was why I was the criminal. I was always causing a ruckus. Hell know? yeah. That's a cool so it's a real dumb name and shit. But like, um, yeah, take it back. Like just, I guess it all kind of started around that time when I was like 19 to 23. I was just starting to produce and stuff and starting to get, like go to a lot of shows and festivals. And um it just kind of slowly started happening where I was playing like shit parties at like 5 a.m. to 20 people, you know? Yeah. And just slowly started rolling where I was like starting to get a little bit more momentum and hype and playing more locally and just kind of did that for a few years until, um, until I feel like my skills really were like starting to actually get a little bit of momentum. You know, there's like a little bit of actual like talk in the scene like, oh, this kid's schlump's music's pretty dope yeah and right around that time i rebranded to schlump i was like okay let's just drop the criminal it's a little bit of like a mouthful you know like <laughs> schlump yeah. criminal like, yeah especially with how fucking uh loose butthole people are on the internet dude yeah with your name being criminal dude yeah right and this yeah. was before that whole like pc like super woke like cancel for like saying criminal like what the fuck bro <laughs> yeah. come on yo but it was it was too much of a mouthful you know so like um yeah right around that time i i think it was like 2013 it's a long time ago yeah like damn. nine years ago yeah you've been rebranded as schlump yeah and i think i did my first like proper release right around 2013 or 14 at schlump and um so back in that day the uh the real cool like record label that I wanted to get on and that kind of had a lot of hype in the in just like experimental bass scene was called Saturate Records. Oh yeah. Yeah, the old school ones. So it was like a goal of mine. I was like I want to get a release on Saturate. And um right around that time, 2013 or 14, I played my first festival. It's called the Filth of July. That's a great name. Yeah, the fifth of July. It was on the fourth of July. It would have to be. Yeah, if it was Bunch. like it was like in the middle of November. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Make no sense. Or that was like a thing kids used to say all the time in the early dub. They'd be like, "Filthy, really." There's this one kid who would come to every show, Seche, my homie, and he would just scream at the top of his lungs, "Really, really filthy!" <laughs> like so, like like a hundred times each night. What do they say now, dude? What's the word? Lit fire. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, what are, I mean, and you know, Fucking. I just say that claps. Yeah, you that know, claps. That claps. Some cheeks clap. Yeah, exactly. You get it, dude. <laughs> so I say that claps. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Okay, so where are we? Filth of July. <laughs> so, so get this, man. This is really where I feel like I started to meet like the community and the Filth of July's lineup was Yeti. He was going by Yeti Master back then. Grizzly J, which is now G Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bleep Bloop, if you remember Bleep Bloop, mm -hmm. like a couple other homies who were just, and they were, and we were all billed at the very bottom, you know, mm -hmm. like the headliner was some artist named Robotic Pirate Monkey. What a name. <laughs> yeah, right? I always just love that name. What an, I would want to go no see that I have no idea person. what happened to that. But yeah, if I was I just, at a festival, I saw a lineup, I'm like, I gotta go see that guy just because of the name, dude. They killed it on the name, for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, we were all built at the bottom, and I remember we all just like kicked it because because most of the other crowd were all like kind of DJs, but we were all like Ableton producer nerds, you know. So we were all like talking about like fucking kicks and snares and delays and bullshit. 
So we all kind of linked, and it was cool because, like, throughout the years, we would just see each other all the time and play events. Yeti, G. Jones, Bleep Bloop, Sayer. It's a couple of us that were all kind of in the Bay Area in that time. Mm. Yeah, so. What type of music was Robotic Butt Pirate? Or what, what was I was, it? like, just weird, like, electronic remixes or some shit i don't i don't even know you know it's just cool to see like I just remember the name that's man. it it's our hard <laughs> name to forget what was it robotic what robotic pirate monkey i want to say butt pirate yeah <laughs> that's where your mind's going i guess so yeah. dude fuck but nah that's crazy to see like how far like y'all are at the bottom of the flyer for real man yeah and it's it, dude it was years of that us playing like like tiny little parties together man we used to always party this play, uh, play this party in Santa Cruz that was called Lupin's Lodge, and this was a fucking wild spot, man. It's a spot where they would do shows that were kind of like one night campouts. It's this big ass property, and they had a bunch of these yurts that people would rent out, and they had like one yurt that was kind of big that was like the deep dubstep yurt that was like down the hill, mm-hmm. and they had this weird like main kitchen room where they would have like the rave. And it was just like a weird spot where kids would go and they'd like set up tents and they'd just like trip out and they'd like stay all night and shit. And I'd like, me, G. Jones, fucking Bleep Bloop, Yeti, I don't know how many times we played this place called Lupin Lodge. And it is fucking a wacky place, dude. Like wacky. Good times though? Oh, so good, man. Yeah. Like amazing looking back on them. It's crazy because it's like just from that time to now how much, like how commercialized you know that's for real man in that era like i had no no idea that you know the the type of music that we were making the kind of more experimental out there like weirder type of bass music would ever reach like stages and productions like now that was like like a big pipe dream you know back then Mm mm-hmm Cause like it was like a goal for me to play like a show for like 200 people or something at that time, you know. We we're playing like small little weird campouts and raves and yeah, man. It's been a long road from there. But, yeah, um, but I really do. There are aspects of that culture that I miss, man. What What was different about that culture? It was just a lot more like wild, you know. Like I remember going to spots that just they weren't even like venues. They're just like legit underground, like crazy spots where people would just do what they wanted and like like crazy as fuck type shit, man. Like I remember we used to always go to this spot in Oakland called the Bordello. And I don't know if you know what Bordello is, but it's a cool name. It's a whorehouse. Oh. That's what it means. But it's a makes the name even cooler. Yeah, it's like a really old one from like the thirties. Um, that all these like famous people went to, but it got shut down and like dilapidated. Then this dude bought it and he started throwing underground parties there. And we used to call it like, we used to call it Chuck E. Cheese for adults or something. Cause it was fucking crazy. Yeah. It was like, it was built in this like 1930s, like, like fucking bordello. So there all these little rooms that people would fuck in and like little hallways. And I was stuff. about to ask, were there whores at these parties? No, this is, okay. this is like just the name long time ago. Uh, okay, That's gotcha. what it was built as the building. But yeah, some dude bought it years later and then t- like threw parties there. And, um, just wild. I remember like crawling through hallways and like art and just crazy shit everywhere. And just like, I don't know, it didn't, it's just totally different than, like, going to a show nowadays. And yeah. we, we'd go there all the time, man. I remember I saw, 
Halloween 2011, I believe. I saw the Whittler and Cookie Monster there. Fuck and it was yeah. fucking sick, dude. Yeah. Like like 300 people and it's just slammed everywhere, every room. Like, oh, crazy, crazy parties back then, man. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you miss, which one do you prefer? Like the, like, cause now, like, you know, you just did Mission Ballroom, sold out in front of about 4,500 yeah. people. Oh, for sure. I definitely prefer that. Yeah. You know I mean? 100%. <laughs> yeah. All day. I'm like looking back on it with a beautiful nostalgia. Yeah. But if I was still doing that to this day, I would probably be depressed as hell. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I feel like, fuck, what am I doing? While I'm still at the bordello. God damn. I'm still at the bottom of this line. Yeah. But looking back on it now, it's like beautiful times, you know? Yeah. Really good times. Yeah. I look back at like the time where, like, where I came up in Mississippi, like with nothing but like love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like playing in front of like 30 people in a building with no AC or, mm -hmm. you know, where we're bringing in crazy sound and, you know, projection mapping and stuff like those are some of the best times. Well, I think the best times have to pass. You know what I mean? If you just kept doing the best times, it just get boring as hell, you know, mm. like mission ballrooms peak. But if you did it every weekend for a month, you'd, it'd get boring. You know, It's also just like the, ba like the universe balancing things out. Right. So like I was talking about it with my TM whenever like my flight got canceled this mm -hmm. week, I was just like, you know, I've been, I've been winning. I've been high, yeah, dude. Totally. I've been high. You know, something's got to happen. You got to come back down every now and then, dude. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't just be good all the time. You got to yeah. have some. And I know that's very different from like, you know, what we're talking about with like the good old times. But in in a sense, it's just like you know, you can't just be up all the time. You can't. It can't be the yeah, good times all know, the time. And there's shit that's totally out of your control, like that. You know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man. Looking back on those times, they are real kind of cool and nostalgic. But um. Yeah, I'm I'm way happy to have grown past them and be where I'm at now. You know, it's um, it's amazing. You know, I honestly, for years and years of my life, never really thought I could have a career out of this. This is like in that era when I was growing a lot of weed and that. I always thought like music, it's gonna be some little shit I do on the side and like, but I have to like make money. I gotta do things. You know, it wasn't until like really I started. I went on that tour with like Liquid Stranger that things really started picking up, you know? So I guess we'll, we'll bring it back a little bit. Like, so around that time, 5th of July, um, linking with the whole, like, Saturate Records crew, like Yeti and G. Jones and, I don't know, Bleep Bloop and a bunch of them. So it was, like, a big goal to, like, do a proper release with um, Saturate. So, um... I think it was like first they hit me up to do like a track on one of their compilations. It was like a big deal. I was like, oh shit, fuck yeah. So we did that and then eventually they hit me up about doing um, doing my own EP. And we put together, I think it was like six tracks, 2015, I believe it came out. It's called Alien Shit, the original Alien yeah, Shit. Yeah, and I got part two. I got Seven years later, part two. Yeah, you sent me Just that one. Just a little one. delay. Yeah, you sent me that one, bro. That one's so good, man. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's so good. I like the little, like, psych out fucking drop. It's yeah, kind of fun. It's good for everybody. It's fun for everyone. Yeah, it's fun. It's playful. That shit's old, though, man. I made that, like, fucking Alien Shit Part 2. Probably made Seven, that in, like, 2018 or 2018. something. Yeah. yeah, like, it's an old tune, but... Yeah, shouts out to my manager. He was like, really like, dude, you got to release it, man. It's like one of my favorite ones. And every time I play it, people ask me about it because it's kind of like 
it's unique sounding, you know? It doesn't just sound like your typical, like, drop banger. It's got the whole, like, funny, like, ha, 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 like, like trippy sound. Was that you part. recording yourself, dude? No, it was my buddy Josh. Nice. My buddy Jay Curtis. He did the original Alien shit. And, um, yeah, so we linked up years later, and we're like, let's do part two, man. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, so that was, like, um, a big goal to do this release with saturate we did an alien shit they like pressed a vinyl of it and sent it to me and shit i just remember being like oh wow dude this is amazing so um for that being like the big goal like mm -hmm. everything after this after that is just cool you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> just well, like, i reassessed myself right you, you always got to reevaluate them goals like i say you keep it moving man you got to yeah your got goals to. don't stay the same man. Yeah. everything changes mm -hmm. so i got that gold board right behind you good man. don't read it out loud yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to read it. <laughs> yeah. Do you write but, down goals, man? Or are they just I do. I actually do. Yeah, uh, totally. I'm not as consistent as I would like to be, but I do enjoy, like, whenever I do sit down and kind of just write some shit, I'll do different things. Sometimes, a lot of times, you know, I'll just write a list. Like, oh, I got to do all these things. But sometimes I'll write more just, like, flow of thought or... I was even trying to do some journal stuff for a while, but I was just not consistent with it, you know? Mm. Dude, so you grown up a big stoner. You said you found weed at like 12 or some shit. Mm -hmm. You're such a, you You look like a stoner, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like I've fused with it because it's just been with me for so long. Yeah. Yeah, dude, did it? Well, dude, you don't even know. It was like my life yeah. for, um, for, for um, a long time. From the ages of like 18 to 23, I was just growing a ton of weed and running these like two houses in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. Dude, so like, I want to know how deep you was trapping, dude, because it was illegal, dude. Like, yeah. how much was you moving? Be honest with me. Um, I don't know, you know, I, well, I don't really want to say all this shit on the, on the air. What, what but, are they going to do? Yeah. It's legal. Yeah. <laughs> not what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but... I was, Dude, I was they just let's better. just say this. Let's just say this. Okay. I was growing a lot of weed and I was um and I was like just it was it was fully engulfed my lifestyle, like growing it and also selling it. So um and it also kind of limited like my whole beliefs of like what I thought I could do with my life, you know? Because I like it held you back? Totally did, man. Okay. It like it threw me in like it almost like pigeonholed me because I got into it and I started making money doing it and then it was like this is what I'm doing. These are like the skills that I have. And I kind of put like music I put it off on the side like oh, it's like that's some pipe dream. I could never make money actually doing music. Like I'm going to have to hustle and do my thing and do music on the side. But um Okay, so right around that time, Saturate Records happened. So that whole era of me, 18 to 23, I'm growing a bunch of weed and like out in the middle of nowhere. And just like, it's kind of my whole life is that like hustling from spot to spot to look at pounds, going over here, wrapping them up, doing blah, blah, blah. And um, kind of like doing little shows on the weekends. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I, this is not what I want to do with my mm. life. You know, I want to be doing this music shit. And around that time, I'm starting to see, like, like G. Jones, he's starting to blow up. He's starting to, I remember him telling me one time, he's like, yeah, man, I'm, like, getting, like, $800 for a show or something. And I was like, what Whoa. the fuck? For real? Like, <laughs> like, some shit lit up in my head. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah. 
So um, you're like, I could live off of yeah, that. Yeah, it's like I could do that. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Fuck this weed shit. Eight hundred dollars a show, I'd but, be rich. But it was a beautiful like transition that kind of happened to me. Like I got fucked over a lot of times, ripped off, got my house broken into. I got all sorts of shit went on, tons of drama. And I was super young, man. I was like 23. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like my, my music career in California was kind of just starting to bubble. And I was just starting to really get like a community of friends. So shit was hitting the fan in the weed worlds. And um, one of my buddies at the time just hit me up and was just like, yo, dude, like, like I got this dope like studio space. It's like a pretty big converted garage. And I need someone to sublet it with me, to share it with me, basically. It'd be 400 bucks a month. It's in this really cool town called Santa Cruz. And uh, we can make as much noise as we want. And I was kind of like, just like, like, fuck it, man. I'm going to get rid of these houses, sell all my equipment. At that time, too, like a big relationship had just ended. This girl I'd been with since high school. So it was just this crazy, like, turt turmoil time like just confused as hell like what am i doing like and uh, it's just kind of all worked out perfectly i like got rid of all the stuff just did like a full 180 you know mm -hmm. moved in with my buddy trevor kelly he's like one of my best buds still to this day and he was like uh, another producer dj homie and we just focused we just did music all the time man it was just like I went from like weed trapping, doing that and music on the side to just fully focused. And that's right, right before the uh, Saturate release happened. That was like when I moved to Santa Cruz. Um, and it was just this big turning point in my life where I kind of like realized that like, oh, I really can do this shit if I want to. And I can't half ass it. Like I gotta, I can't have one foot in the door, one foot in the other door. Mm. I gotta step out the door. I'm know? a firm believer. You can do fucking anything. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you work at it and I'm glad but you I think that you gotta have both of your feet in the, each door. You, know mm -hmm. I mean? you gotta be fully committed. You gotta be fully dude. committed. And I was kind of half ass committed to each. It's crazy what the, a breakup will do for you, man. I mean, I know when I went through, I, I went through yeah. a big breakup and I went and fucking bought a, a MacBook and got Ableton, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jeremy, you can fucking attest to this yeah, too, man. Same thing happened for me. I went, uh, I went through a breakup right, probably a year after I got into it, and like after that, it's just like full force. I moved out to Denver, and like here we are doing the thing, trying to, yeah. trying to make it happen. So, oh, I I strongly believe that was like a huge catalyst in me, me like getting my life together and realizing what I wanted to do. Because I've been with this girl for like, since we were in high school, since mm -hmm. I think we were like 17, we were like 23 at this point, and just kind of in a toxic relationship, growing weed, living in this house, like just domestic shit and groceries, blah, 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 all mm -hmm. that stuff, you know? It was just like too young to be doing all that. So I, I think it was, man. It was an important catalyst. It rocked me for like a good month or so, but... It's it was an important rocking, you know, to yeah. like get me on a new path. Yeah, for like anybody listening to this right now, going through anything like that, find something to focus on, dude. Like, fucking Ableton took me out of my head. I mean, still to this day, like one of my favorite things about producing and just locking myself in the studio, like just able to have a, like a long session, mm -hmm. is just being able to just cut off everything totally, and, and just experiment and just mm -hmm. have a good time. It's yeah. literally like the best form of therapy that I could think of. Yeah, man. That's a hundred percent. I think um 
we're all kind of searching for things that give life meaning, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of what gives life meaning for us is when we can just get a little bit out of our heads, you know what I mean? I think a lot of what's like causing confusion and like just dysfunction is like our thought process, you know? And one of the best ways to get out of your thoughts is through an activity. Mm-hmm. Going Whether outside, through, dude. Yeah, you know, for me, the first real passion I had was skateboarding. I, I was going to get on that because I, yeah, I knew you were a big so skater. I got into skating when I was like eight. And um, remember when I found it, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. And I just remember like skating the moment, like a Saturday morning, I get it. The moment I'm up till like fucking my parents are like dragging me in just all day. Like I was in the same wavelength, dude. Just like, like when you find something that brings you joy and that you can like enjoy doing and you have other friends that like to do it. That's just the best, man. It's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. yeah, dude. I wanted to be Eric Costin so bad, man. <laughs> For real, dude. Like that was, that was my first passion. Like it was like, I found like martial arts and skateboarding around the same time, like right nice. before music, you know, I was probably like seven or eight, you know, skateboarding and dude, I fucking did it until I was about like, probably like 17, you know, I was more into music at that time, but dude, mm-hmm. like skateboarding literally like soon as like summertime came around, dude, it was the best. Cause we could get this pass to this skate park in jackson called doc 36 was the coolest indoor skate park that motherfucker flowed so well dude you could just rip it on a single like a single like you know just a single drop in just like just riff for hours it just Mm -hmm. flowed so well and they did this thing where like around uh you could buy a summer pass and my mom would buy me a summer pass for it would be like an easter gift i get in my easter basket and so I would just go every single day, dude, for as nice. soon as they open uh, and then they're ready to close it down, dude. Like that was my fucking church. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. Skating was that for, for years for me, man. It was kind of a similar thing. I like first passion, really skating. And it's when I found it, it was all I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. all I ever wanted to do when I had free time and when I had, when it, the weather was nice or whatever. You still be ripping? Yeah, I still do, man. I've honestly, like, um, had to tone it back a lot after last year because I, I, like, fucking tore my meniscus and fucked up something else in the knee. And the funny thing is it wasn't even while I was skating, but I know it was just from years and years of impact, you know? It's crazy how long Tony Hawk's been going. I know, man. I just saw this post today. He's got to get surgery, and he's, like, fucking... 50 something like 54 like, geez, I think bro. 54 55 yeah and I, and I saw he broke his shit uh, like earlier in the year and then like it it, it was like a, a couple weeks ago he posted a video of him just on the on his ramp again too soon yeah too soon, soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that too bro I'm fucking terrible at like you know letting it fully heal and doing physical therapy Man, you want to hear something ridiculous dude so, yes obviously so I, I fucked my knee up six months ago on the topic of skating so I haven't been skating much, you know, mm. I've been out for a while and it was a weird injury where they, they were like, yeah, it's, it's a slight tear. You don't need surgery. You don't need this. You just need to kind of not bend it a lot and, and relax on it. And of course I'm touring every weekend and jumping around and yeah, shit. Yeah. And like, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to take it easy for this set. And then right when the fucking music's on, I'm just like, Whoa. can't help it, dude. Yeah, I can't help it. But anyway, so I've had this lingering knee injury and it's like finally gotten a lot better. Like I've actually been doing a little bit of lifting. I've been running. I've been riding my bike. I hit the park like two different times in the past month, but I've been real cautious of it because I kind of know how it works right now. And it's like when I really 
bend my knee backwards is where I start to feel it. Mm. So I've just been kind of avoiding that and I can feel the mobility like increasing with time. So mission ballroom right before my set, I run up on stage. I'm standing, sitting behind Raven's Cooney's playing his last song and I kind of sit on it in a weird way, like totally not thinking about it. Didn't have my knee brace on like I should have. And I just hear it go crick, 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 like a little pop. And I stand up and it cracks again. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm literally, there's a moment like, how bad is it? Like, am I going to be fucked? And I move it and do a couple. And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Okay. But good. I legit, literally slightly fucked it up right before my set. <laughs> and there's like a moment of panic. Like, oh no, like right in front of 4,000 people, I would be like, Fucking leaning on the <laughs> dude. If you fucking snap that thing, would you do your set still? If I could, yeah. Yeah. You, know? you want to know what happened? So when I actually snapped it, I know it's from years of skating and jumping around and shit. Because I heard it get. It was weak for a while. Where it was kind of like when I do a deep squat and I'd stand up, I'd hear a pop, mm -hmm. but no pain. It was just like what? Well, that was fucking weird. Like a weird feeling. So I knew something was up with it, and then I just kept skating, kept doing shows. So I'm out on some hike, like two miles out on some way out there, you know, like it's treacherous, like trail. You have to climb this rope thing to get down to it. Oh, damn, you big so on some hiking. Way dude. out there with like a bunch of friends. You know, yeah, it was like yeah. an awesome day. We're all kicking it, swimming. And I'm on the beach. I stand up real fast, and it just fucking snaps that's when it happened when i'm out there two miles out like on some crazy hike so i had just laid there for like an hour but then i had to hobble back and it took me like three hours yeah to just like get these two miles back to camp yeah your friends are probably like what the fuck dude yeah i felt bad because they're they're just like dude are you okay like you can't so help sorry. but to talk shit dude i've been talking was, shit dude was like my girlfriend two of her friends were like small girls so yeah, they, they can't, they can't carry help you. me you know yeah. <laughs> i was just like going hella slow only the lord can help you right then buddy start praying yeah fortunately um it wasn't a super bad one and they're like it'll heal on its own but you have to actually let it heal mm -hmm. you know, it's an easy one to kind of think it's healed and refuck it up did you ever have an injury performing that had nothing to do with this dude like an injury while you're on stage? Yeah, you like do some stupid crowd surf, one jump time, off a speaker. One time I like slightly kind of tweaked my ankle, just like jump in, you know, and then you land on an uneven surface. Yeah. But it wasn't that bad. Dude, I just, I remember slipping um, and falling and busting my ass right in front of the glitch mob. Really? And they're just like. <laughs> like on, okay, I got a funny one. <laughs> so one time on tour, um, Getting super hype, you know, every once in a while, like, run in front of the DJ decks, you know, and try to hype up the crowd and shit. So I'm doing one of those, and I'm, like, going all crazy, and fucking CO2 cannon straight to the face. Like, oh. right here, dude. And it was cold, bro. Yeah, that yeah. shit was cold. And I was like, oh, fuck. It, like, legit, like, tousled my hat, my hair, it all looked crazy. <laughs> Do you think front of house saw you standing right here? Like, they oh, I'm going to get it. They for sure <laughs> saw it. But I don't think they intentionally did it. Oh, okay. That would have been funny. I moved all crazy as fuck. You gotcha, know? They're gotcha. like, because, yeah. That would have been funny. That's dude. a liability. They're <laughs> trying to fucking <laughs> CO2 motherfucking the, the well, headliner. <laughs> I don't know if it could really hurt you, but it may can. But like it, if a guy's just in front of house, I don't like, think it could, right? Step, step forward one more step. I'm going to fucking get his ass. Get his I'm ass. I'm going to get his ass. They know the sweet spot. That'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I remember. I've just busted so that my that did ass. happen, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I haven't had any injuries on stage, fortunately, man. Dude, you said uh, you were, you know, you like to go in front of the crowd and hype them up. I was watching you do it at Mission, and mm. it was like it made me think about how I do it because, like, you're such a like soft-spoken, chill guy, mm-hmm. and even whenever you're hyping up the crowd, you mm-hmm. still are. Yeah, totally. you're like, let's get crazy, y'all. And you even said y'all, and I was like, he lives in California. Oh, I say y'all all the time. Uh, okay, yeah. but like I was just like, it made me just. Like I'm like I'm like yelling at these motherfuckers sometimes. I watch <laughs> yeah. these I watch these clips. I'm like, bro, I need totally, to chill. Totally, you know, man. I mean, it's always it's always cringeworthy watching yourself live, right? You yeah, know I mean, that's the best part. Like, I'm like fine, you know. But as soon as I see myself on the mic, I'm just like, oh, dude, what? Because I get in this weird zone where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be all calm and relaxed, and I'm gonna just like try and not get on the mic a bunch and try and just be super chill. Then I'm always like. This is my new shit with my homie, or this <laughs> some shit from Exotic, like yeah, this yeah. some shit from blah blah blah, like yeah. So yeah, I love them Exotic boys. That's how you just me say too, that. man. Yeah, the me best, too. Man. They're actually um, they live like twenty or thirty minutes from where I'm at now. Yeah, so. I remember them talking to me about that. We'd oh. be hanging, man. They're good kids and yeah, awesome producers, man. Yeah, they make some good shit. But yeah, dude, I was just watching you be all calm, fucking just. All right, get a little crazy right here. I'm like, damn, he and, he, and it works. I'm just like, he don't even have to yell at him and it be working, nice, dude. dude. What gets you yelling, dude? What gets you hyped out of your mind to where you just be yelling? Anything in this Honestly, world? Honestly, what gets me more hyped is, um, it's funny, but it's the more like super packed intimate ones. Those mm-hmm. are where I go crazy as fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you didn't go to the afters after that, did you? Dude, yeah. I was dead yeah. that day. I, I should have. Yeah, I was torn from. I was I'm traveling since Wednesday that day. Yeah, I mean that week, and I was just tired as hell. Just like two hours here and there of sleep. Mm-hmm. So when the show was over, bro, I was out. I mean, the reason I stayed the longest I did is because Martin wanted to bring me up. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do that, dude. Yeah. Mar- Martin wants to bring you up. Yeah, you stay. had like a couple days of touring. Yeah, I would have gone home, but you know who the fuck talked me into going. Papa S fan. That motherfucking wild ass dude. Pops. I didn't know how wild he is, bro. Every time I seen him, we just like <laughs> a little brief interaction. That fool is a fucking madman. He's man. so wild, dude. He's a madman. It's insane how wild he is. God, he So was- he 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 talked me into it. And then so <coughs> where I was going with this was it was super like I got super hyped at the afters just because it was like this. <laughs> 360 setting i only played like three tunes too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i was just like yeah like because everyone you know it's that feeling when everyone's like right there it's mm-hmm. like energy you know mm-hmm. all their hands and shit and like the 360 setting yeah i had it a couple, fun. couple people came up to me and there was rumors that i was playing the afters i heard it from a couple different people i'm like people just start saying shit out here <laughs> yeah but i don't know who started this rumor but like he's here man so he's coming <laughs> he's, to the afters yeah. <laughs> There was that rumor. And, dude, uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, like, my favorite stop on this whole tour wasn't even, like, the biggest venue. It was, like, a 400-cap venue where, like, they were surrounding me and just in my face. Yeah, totally. Those are so much fun, man. Those are the best. Mm -hmm. That's, like, everyone's been asking me, what's your favorite one? I'm, like, Tempe. Mm -hmm. They were fucking going bananas. What club was that? Was that uh, Dark Store? That's the name of it. It's just, like, a 400-cap room. Was sold out, but like it literally, it's it's like a three sixty except for them being behind you. It's but a fun crowd. They're dude, like from me they? to Jeremy, mm-hmm. it, like on the yeah, side, right? and then like from me to you, you in the front. Like yeah, and yeah. they're all just going hard. Yeah, and I just felt it the whole time. Like you know, yeah. there was just times where I would look at my tour manager like, what the fuck? Yeah, for me, those are um, they're more enjoyable for me to like just as an experience than massive parties. You know, what I mean, something about the um. 
Uh, it really all depends. For me, there's there's important factors for a good party. Definitely one of them is like on the top of the priority is sound system. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's nothing worse than when you have an awesome spot, awesome crowd, but a shit sound system. Worse. Oh, sucks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's just not how this music's meant to be heard, you know? Yeah. Dude, the sound system they had a Mission Ballroom was fucking insane. It sounded great. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded insane. Really it cut it out for like dude. thirty seconds in your set. You didn't even know, I bro. Know, I didn't have the booth monitor. I know, you dude. You told I, me too. I was like, bro, <laughs> real. I, like, I hated that I had to be the one to break the news, dude. But straight yeah, up, the the tops, uh, the subs were still going. The tops went down, and I'm like, I'm watching you jam. I'm like, oh, he doesn't even know. Didn't know and what's all. so really funny about it, because you can tell when some people are rolling, when there's like no music and they're yeah. still talking to you, but they're yeah. dancing and shit. Really? Like you know, either they're just here hearing you or they're just still vibing i'm like people were still dancing still it was dancing, it was yeah. it was great man totally yeah it's a, it, there's a little delay on them it takes a second for it to hit them mm-hmm. <laughs> if it had cut another 20 seconds then they would be like oh wait what happened to the music <laughs> dude so you've doing this so long getting so you know you're good at what you do all right you don't even have to say it i'll fucking say it hey, thanks man i yeah, appreciate it you're really good at what you do and you've also worked with like some really awesome artists, you know, you had like yeah. a song with Ellis Dream with Liquid Stranger and you know, the yeah. list goes fucking on. Like mm-hmm. you being such a chill guy, are you still chill whenever these people hit you up? And like, I love all those dudes, man. Yeah. Like Martin and Sammy, both like brothers to me. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this too. When you like do legit tours and like spend nights in hotels and like hit the road, like, there's a deep bond that happens. Yeah, they stay with you for a while. Yeah, you know, and those, and you know, when you write music with someone too, like, but yeah, both of those people that you mentioned, Liquid Stranger and um, LS Dream are super epic and wonderful people in my life, you know. Martin, I guess to bring it back, like, to around that, where we were with the whole story, like, when I was doing that Saturate release, this is around 2000. 15 at that time the time alien shit came out and um yeah it was a big time because that was right when liquid stranger hit me up too i was like just living in santa cruz just on the saturate release there's like a cool little buzz you know going mm-hmm. on, like in the whole little community of the bay area and i remember he hit me up and he was like yeah man like i'm starting this record label called wakan we've done two releases like we want to have you be the third one i was like fuck yeah let's do it so, and I was kind of nervous too because I was like, "Liquid Stranger, damn, that fool's like big. That's like a big dubstep, dude." Dude, like, and how do you hear of me? Like, that's trippy. And it's crazy to think, like, think about where him and Wakanda are at now. Yeah, dude, no joke. It's insane. Yeah. So, so he hit me up to do a release, um, my Like a Drug album with them, and um, yeah, it was kind of it was super trippy. I was like. Okay, starting this label called Wakan, like that's that's trippy. Like Liquid Stranger, I've like seen him, you know, a bunch of times, and like been aware of him. And we had a couple conversations on the phone, and he was just like really cool. He's like really interested in like like trying to like kind of help me out, you know. He kind of like stepped up, almost like a bigger brother or something, or like a mentor, and was just like, "Yo, I really like you. I want to help you." Like. To like uh, release some music and get on some other um, type of things and kind of introduced me to like uh, the Warpath people and we started working with them and so we did that release and then he brought me on this 50 show tour like a month after that and then um, it was 
the Weird and Wonderful Tour 2016. Damn. Yeah. And it was Liquid Stranger, Bleep Bloop, Percolator, and then I was opening. So, and um, 50 shows, man. That's a, That's lot, a of lot of fucking and shows. And it was in dude. a sprinter van the whole time. So, we had a lot of those mornings where it was like, like go to the hotel and then bus calls at like like five, you know, and then we drive for eight hours, you know, mm -hmm. in the sprinter. And um, dude, we were playing small clubs, dude. We were playing like didn't you play Martins in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah, we played a club that was in Jackson, and there was like eighty people there. Or yeah, something. no yeah, joke. Yeah. It was like that at yeah. that time at 2016. We played some big shows too, you know. We played like I think like the Ogden or something in Denver, and like a couple of big ones, but. It was like that. A lot of small ass shows, a lot of like little clubs. And Wakan was like this not that well known thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is crazy to see it. I remember the first Wakan Fest. I was just like, what? <laughs> Holy shit, man. Like, y'all have fucking taken this to another level. Mm hmm. And I mean, a lot of that is Martin has a wonderful taste in music, you know what I mean? He like, it's cool that he's kind of like, almost became this like gatekeeper of like the trippy experimental stuff. Yeah. Cause if he like puts someone on, like he can do a lot for them. He's done a lot for me, man. Yeah. A lot for me too, man. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was a big, another big kind of step in this. Like, so right around that time doing, um, like a drug with Wakon going on the tour Right when I get home, it's kind of like right when I'm starting to get hit up with a bunch of like, yo, we want to bring you out to Florida. We want to bring you to Portland, like starting to get some out of state stuff. And it really just kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. I just started doing a lot more releases. I feel like I really kind of honed into a sound at that point, too. That was like, um, I don't know, I just felt like it was kind of unique. You know, I kind of had like was starting to get a little bit of my own type of like You'd hear it and be like, oh, that sounds like a schlong. You got your own flavor, Yeah, man. exactly, my own flavor. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So it was an exciting time. And that was like, right around that time, I met my the girl that I'm with now, Sonia, and um, just kind of created this awesome new life in Santa Cruz, man. It's really beautiful. I love that. Time period. Yeah, yeah, I love that, dude. Yeah. yeah, you got your own flavor, dude. You got, it, got your own funk, dude. You know what I mean? You can't fake the funk. Yeah, man. Someone said that to me the other you night. You have to work to get the funk, right? Yes. Man? Someone said that to me the other night. They're like, you got a sound. And mm. It's yours. And you can't fake the funk. Real talk, man. I love your music, man. I love your face. Because it's so playful. Dude. I love how <laughs> playful your just energy is, dude. Remember the first time we hung out? We had so much fun. Do you remember that uh, dude, shit, dude? we did a fucking after party. We did that. Hotel Revive Festival, yeah. And then we just got look at us ratchet God, in we, hotels after, dude. It was it was, it was like it was so fun. It dude. was like quote unquote COVID lockdowns. We didn't give a We're fuck, like, fuck, bro. That, we bro. went to hotel room after hotel room after hotel. We would be on balconies talking shit to people across the hotel. We're like We're throwing th beers at each other <laughs> yeah. and shit. I remember you're like, "Here's a beer, motherfucker." No, yeah. Someone was like, "Where's a paps?" I'm like, "I ain't got one." Like, we got one catch, and we're like, yeah. "It's like four floors down." I'm like, "This is dangerous," but we're won't give a fuck, dude. Well, we're also pent up too, yeah dude, dude. we're just like fuck dude when's the last time we've had a ratchet hotel party it's been a while dude that was a good time man i want to do i want to play more hotel parties like that yeah that was my favorite uh covid party i think sure. that was everyone's favorite yeah. covid party dude slapped too man yeah, it like dude. sounded good and like people were just chilling on their balconies yeah it's like their dance floor like their yeah. vip section the beach right in the background yeah it dude is, we'd nice. be on the balcony talking shit like we're coming over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we went to a few, man. Yeah, that was fun as fuck, man. That was fun, man. Yeah, that's when yeah. I realized you was a cool ass dude, man. Yeah, man. Uh, but, uh, dude, all right, so 
You got this alien shit going on, bro. You fucking alien right? shit part two, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the name of this tour right here? Alien trip tour. Alien so trip tour. We uh, before you get, we just we just didn't think alien shit tour <laughs> flowed that well. <laughs> Yo, we're going to the alien shit tour tonight, bro. Come on through. I would shit everywhere. I would buy tickets ASAP, ASAP. if it was the alien shit I tour. I get love some freaks at that too. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm sure. Man. A weird crowd. Yeah, I'm sure, man. I mean, that's what's cool about like branding. No, I'm just no dude, I, you shouldn't be. Like, I'm sure there is because, like, with Alien Ship Tour, like, whatever the branding of the tour is, people will <laughs> kind of like take that in and, and make it their own. And, totally. it, and it's like a theme, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, we have the blue collar base tour. Yeah. So, totally. like, people will come up, like, with their, like, construction hats and vests. I'm sure people are coming to your shows just fucking wooked out, tripped out, aliened out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's really cool to see. Like, um, I don't know. The whole, like, f like, alien branding thing is getting a little cliche at this point. And I feel like I'm kind of leaning more towards taking it in a different direction but like humans america earth something the human level <laughs> no, no, no. but for me my my fascination with it all is like it's the a way that i kind of characterize the sounds like they sound so foreign to me you know what i mean especially when i'm they're more familiar now because it's been years and years of making this type of music mm -hmm. when i first got into it, that's the best way i describe it i was like it's, it's like extraterrestrial shit. like it just sounds like it's not from like an instrument on this planet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was my rig. And then, you know, I got really into, like, learning about mythology and all this other trippy fucking out there, you know, ancient aliens type Let's shit. Let's get into that, dude, because yeah. I was going to ask you if you oh, fuck it's cool, with them aliens, bro. Dude, I, I, um, I think there's a lot of really trippy stuff that you can't ignore if you look at, like, ancient history and if you look at, mythology too and these stories they're all about star people coming here and like bringing us intelligence bringing us um understandings of like gardening and understandings of agricultural and s civilization and all this crazy shit it's like a pretty common theme and as much as you want to be like yeah they're just crazy old stories that were made up there's a there's like a thread that kind of ties them all together and there's a crazy reality of all these giant megalithic structures that we really can't explain. There's also a crazy question is, what if it's real? Like, what if, what if, like, there really are fucking aliens that came down and did this shit? I think it's, it's, like, very, very, very likely that aliens not only exist, but have come here and come here. You know, there's all this crazy evidence coming out right now mm -hmm. for, like, all the fucking Navy and all the government and... It's really a crazy black hole you can go into that I have. You yeah, know? And like I during, have too, man. During COVID, especially, my girlfriend was just like, dude, you need to get off the internet, yo. <laughs> what are you, I was just like reading shit, watching this fucking program called Gaia, and they have all these like... That was my dog's name. All these fucking weird out there shit, like people talking about like, secret space program, I went to Mars and fought in the spider war. I fucking, and, I fucking fought And I'm just monkey. like, dude... This is total bullshit. Had sex right? with, like, the, with the lizard people. But yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> but I, I, for me, it was kind of entertaining. I was like, a yeah. lot of it, I was watching. Like, dude, this is total ridiculous shit. But there is like um, some stuff you can't ignore. You know, if you look at just all the crazy ancient sites. You know, shit like Gobekli Tempe and the pyramids of Giza and 
you know, all the, like the pyramids that are just all around the world. It seems like there was some kind of lost civilization, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you look into all this work that this dude Graham Hancock's doing. Check out, he's got this, if you're into like... New series on Netflix. Yeah, check it out, because it's real cool. And he talks about, about, about all these different sites and like mythology. Is he talking and about aliens how, at all? Um, not particularly. He talks, they talk about like mythology of these like... There's a lot of like stories of, they call them different things from different cultures, but like in Egypt, I think it was like Osiris, who's like the God that came there and brought all the knowledge of all these things, but they call them gods, mm. but God, extraterrestrial, star people, yeah, whatever someone came it. down from a damn spaceship and yeah. I, I ain't even heard of a television. I'm like, that's God that's right, there. God right there. Or yeah. like if I saw a lady like with a Megan Thee Stallion ass, like back in the BC, I'd be like, that's God right Definitely there. Definitely God. Yeah, that's my, that's God. That's <laughs> dude. Church. Praise me to she, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, um, yeah, so there's there's just a lot of really interesting shit that I think is is like if you look into the history of humanity, um, you know, there's all these like crazy like myth mythical tales, you know, Atlantis and blah blah and stuff, and it just seems like there's definitely some forgotten shit, you know. It seems like there's a story that um, we haven't explained, you know, like Atlantis, pyramids, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Shit yeah. like that, dude. It's just well, forgotten it's, legends. Yeah, and it's also like you know, we we just can't really explain it. You know, we we our stories don't add up. It's like we we think we were like hunter gatherers and shit. They're building these fucking crazy sites that are like aligned to the heavens and like pinpointed to like crazy um, celestial events like the solstice and sh like it's crazy stuff. It's yeah. stuff that you wouldn't be making if you're a hunter gatherer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like advanced knowledge. I remember talking shit. about this with Black Carl. I'm like, why would they build the pyramids to, from the jump and be how? And yeah. he said slaves. I'm like, that's a shit ton of slaves, bro. Like, god damn. Yeah, I mean, that's like what people, what um, what like art, art archaeology is like um, explanation for it is, but it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? A lot of history is written from um, the perspective of religion, you know what I mean? So Egypt was all, um, it was all basically ruled by the uh, Muslim religion, you know? So they couldn't have any of the pyramids or any of the things dating past, like, their start of their religion. And it's like that a lot of places. Mm. So there's a lot of just, like, shit that's total BS because of, like, religion and politics and, like, conflicting belief systems, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, man. I like I trip out on that type of stuff all the time and wow. think like, man, what was it like, you know, when when people were building that shit, you know, like what was going on? What were they thinking? It what was, were they like talking? Like, what did they look like? What were they dressing like? It was Predator. Predator was teaching them how to do the uh, pyramids. If you saw that Alien versus Predator, hey, Prey, the new one. Pretty good. Pretty sick. Pretty good, yeah, dude. I like that one, dude. They made a couple of the because the OG Predator. Fucking iconic. Yeah, man. dude. Arnold. Yes. Yeah, bro. Fucking them up, dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's just an American uh, hero story, you know? Mm -hmm. Aliens come down. Who are you going to throw in there? Arnold. Shit, you know? man. That'd be my pick. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be like Arnold, <laughs> Wesley Snipes, uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. Who else am I throwing in there? The Rock. Yeah. The Rock. 
you know, if aliens come down, dude, I'm saying the rock, you need to go talk, you you know, like what if they came down and made contact? What if they made contact to like somebody in a trailer park in Alabama? Like they ain't going to fuck with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know if an alien came down to my yard, dude. I mean, I'm someone's in my yard at night, dude. You, you getting a warning shot at least? Yeah, right. You know, so like maybe that's why they haven't come, you know, because we are a little bit hostile towards each other, you know. We are. It yeah. makes me sound like a bad guy when I say it like that, but like, you know what? Yeah, you're in my lawn at three a.m. in the morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go for it, man. It's the American way. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> I uh. I remember, dude, I started getting into the alien shit whenever the whole Bob Lazar story came out. Yeah, totally. That shit's crazy. Well, that's what I mean. There's all this stuff that you kind of can't ignore that's that's just wild, man. And it's it's a whole rabbit hole. I really kind of got too into it for a while and was like, all right, this is just like, it's not serving me anything. You know, I'm just like, like end up like at a conversation with friends, like blah, 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 like <laughs> fucking beating their eardrums with like bullshit about aliens and fucking, You're and a lot of it, I'm like, I don't even believe this. I'm just telling you some shit I heard. Like, I'm like, I don't know, man. That sounds like most of Twitter. I don't fucking know. Like, sounds like most of Twitter. That's one of the things that I think is so important to realize that like, we don't really know, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can all speculate. We can have theories and whatnot, but it's like when people get super fundamental about like, religion or like the afterlife or this or that or act like they really know i'm always like that's a red flag you know yeah that's the thing called faith you know what i'm saying you just gotta have yeah. faith. it's just like you know having faith in like aliens or having faith there's an yeah. afterlife it's great like to that. have faith you know yeah and dude, everyone should you know but when you try to like really spill it onto other people you know yeah i no, think I, that's when it gets a little so toxic. jeremy and i grew up in the damn bible belt and mm-hmm. so like it was like super in your face you go to church every week? Yeah, when I was, for a bit, man, I will say I'm very fortunate to have really great parents to learn, so I got to a certain age, they're like, we're not going to push this on you. They seem super cool, man. They come to all your shows and shit, they're like hanging. Yeah, they're really cool, man. Yeah, man, that's Um, awesome. But like, uh, you know, I remember in high school, dude, like if you didn't go to like Wednesday night youth group, dude, like you weren't cool. Like You weren't, you were kind of like a black sheep, people didn't fuck with you because of that. Yeah, the grocery store would be like. There's what's his name's yeah. kid. He didn't come to. There's that. Youth da- school. There's that damn Draper boy probably yeah. listening to metal music and fucking Satan. Yeah. yeah. Doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Missing well, school. What other conspiracies are you into, dude? Yeah, man. Nine eleven. I don't know, man. You know all that shit. Like I can't really. We can get into it. Yeah, I can't. I can't fun. fully like step aside. You know, I mean, I'm. I'm like open you know i mean i'm open to hearing these things but i don't have a clear definitive uh side or stance on any of these topics you know what i mean yeah i feel like they're really interesting and fascinating but it's kind of ambiguous you know we don't really have the facts you know right one and i think it's cool to look at it you know like to look at it almost like in a journalistic way but to not like act like i know you know mm-hmm one, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm into it, man. I love hearing about that type of shit. You know, one conspiracy that I heard not too long ago, and it's like, whoa, is like with nine eleven, us using that to go invade an entire country mm-hmm. that happens to have the largest poppy field. Yeah, yeah, in the country, about and that. that those bringing the opiates back, and then boom, we have the opiate crisis that's still going mm-hmm. on, and that leads into what we're having now is the fentanyl crisis. Yeah. You know, that's one conspiracy where I hear it. I'm like, damn. It's a funny thing, too, because conspiracy is like a 
it's like a jacked term, you know, mm-hmm. like when you say that you're like, I'm, I'm into conspiracy theories. I was like, Whoa, man, watch out for that guy. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of fucking conspiracies are true, bro. Like, like a lot of wars were started from total lies, like fucking Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonka or whatever. They, we bombed a place and said Vietnam bombed us and then started a war. Like, that's a fact, mm. but that's also a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. So it's weird, man. It's like, Conspiracy theory is like a loaded term, you know, and um, the reality of it is it's like there's threads of truth, I feel like, to a lot of them, you know, I mean, a lot of them, I think, might be over amplified and like some of them might be total bullshit, but I think there could be sheds of truth to certain ones, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about in us invading a country for interests and in like getting fucking foreign goods. Like, yeah, probably oil also, also all sorts of other shit, you know, mm-hmm. there's a crazy corporate interest in all the fucking decisions that happen with politics. You know, I know it's crazy that like Fucked. how, how little like a, we know and how little like we're just here. Like we have no control or say so over the facts. It's just mm. like all this shady shit that could be going yeah. on behind do- closed doors. See, and that's kind of why I had to step away from the alien <laughs> yeah, shit. Cause I was like, I can't do anything about this shit, man. There's a, there's a beautiful quote and it goes something like this. It's like tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. It's like, what are you going to do with all that, bro? You can't do shit about it. Focus on what's in front of you. What can you touch? What can you actually fucking change? I got a good one for you, dude. Uh, it has to do with the garden. Yeah. Life is like a garden. Dig it. Dig it, baby. Yeah, is that dude. Joe Dirt? Yeah. Got Fuck yeah, those, dude. dude. I was like, that's familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one right there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Cheers, bro. Hey, mine's, fun. mine's gone, bro. Yeah, man. Should we do number two? Yeah, uh, we didn't, this is, I literally didn't. How, how much, how much, what time are we at? We're at an hour and five. Cool, man. This, okay, cool. I got to cut it about an hour and a half. Cool. Then this would be a good time. This would be a good time to get into some fan questions and cool. shit. Perfect. Uh, Jeremy, do you have anything you want to nash long? Yeah. So honestly, this is going to go to both of y'all. Um, so, cool. you know, Slump, you've been doing this for, you know, I guess, was it about 13 years, 12, 13 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, you're, uh, what, about eight as far as production goes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, when did y'all, you know, there's that quote that it takes 10,000 hours to master something. So, like, once you get to that point, then you get to the experimental phase. And I feel like that's what a lot of EDM and bass music is, is, like, you know, you kind of figure out how to make how to make music itself, how to make beats and stuff like that. And then you get to the point of, you know, proficient at that. And you start experimenting with new things, trying, trying different stuff out. Like, how do you, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do you master the experimentation and learn new things in that sense? And like, how do you, you know, develop that? I don't know. It's kind of a hard question to ask, I guess. Maybe y'all. You can hone it in, dude. You can reel it in. I'm trying. Bring it home. So I feel, I guess what I'm saying is I'm at the point, the point where I feel like it's time to start experimenting and try new things. And that's how you kind of get further into the bass music and EDM and dubstep like that. So how would you go about doing that? You know? What's the what's the best process? The of- best process is just consistency, man. You gotta just do it. You know, there's no there's no shortcut. Everyone has their own fucking path, you know. And everyone's not it doesn't take ten thousand. I've seen some people get fucking good in like a thousand hours, and I've seen me take ten thousand hours to create bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's there's no like do this amount and you're gonna get this. Like my best advice is just be consistent try and set a schedule and do it and like be uh be honest show up and do it and you're gonna have days that totally suck where you just 
write a shit loop and it takes you like four hours, but then you'll have days where you write a track in 30 minutes and it's, there's no guarantee. You just got to sit down and do it. Mine's simple, dude. It's just have fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, my favorite thing is whenever I'm like having fun in the studio, making something cool. Mm -hmm. That's usually what resonates the most to people. Mm -hmm. It's like songs that I had the most fun making usually. Totally. Sometimes you have a song they're like whatever, and then people love it. And you're like, I don't that's know real it. talk, man. Like whenever I come in too serious, or like I have some idea, I'm like trying to execute. It almost always goes to shit. It's yeah. Like usually when I'm just like, like almost like doodling, just like fucking around. Like oh, whoa, that was weird. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's turn that knob a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's totally like that for me. Usually the best stuff is like, just there's no like. Like seeing it coming, you know, it just comes out of like left field. You're like, whoa. Yeah, sometimes you got to throw shit at the wall and hope it calls you back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hope it flicks off and sticks on you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking call me sometime, please. All right, let's get to some questions. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, Taboo and Slump? It's your boy, Dan from Dallas. And my question for you, lovely people, is what's your favorite roller coaster? It could be from the usual bullshit at Walt Disney World to your uh, little carnival coaster that you see at a fair. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. All right. Bye. Hell yeah. This is a fun one. Yeah, it's a rad question. I don't hit roller coasters much, but I do have one that's close to my heart. It's, uh, what is it called? The Giant Dipper in Santa Cruz. So I was living right next to it. During that time period I was telling you about, where it was mm-hmm. like really cool, it's just kind of career was taking off. And I go there all like every now and then and hit it. And I used to go there when I was a kid too, because my grandma lived in Santa Cruz. So Giant Dipper, it's just got that, uh, got the memories. Hell yeah, dude. Mon, Jeremy, you might know the one I'm talking about, dude. The fucking Ring of Fire at the uh, Jackson, Mississippi State Fair, dude. So I never went to the Jackson State Fair, but we had the Ring of Fire at the Neshoba County Fair. Which oh, just, yep, yep. yep. It's same, probably the same fair. Same exact one. Yeah. Just moved dude, it's literally away. just like this thing you sit in, and it just will go spin around. There's no seatbelt. There's just a roof. And, dude, mother, that motherfucker, that thing was rusty as hell. Damn. It felt like it was going to break at some point, dude. I, I, I fucking grabbed this kid from dying once, dude. Oof. That shit's fun. Just because it's it like, a little carnival. Yeah. Those have some danger. Ride, exactly so. that was my favorite part about it because you get in that thing you don't know what's about to happen dude. you always hear about some lawsuit like oh yeah little little girl got fucked at the carnival Her bro family this kid was sitting next to me freaking out he's on the roof of it because they'd put you upside down and hold you there he's out of his seat just laying on the roof half his body's out there, the motherfucker i'm grabbing this kid pulling him oh, in dude man. i'm like hang on buddy <laughs> kid, it's a good yeah. time Fuck, dude. I'd ride that thing any day, man. That thing's fun. You never know if it's your last ride, and that's where it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, do they even have roller coasters in Denver? Yeah, there's yeah, a... Yeah. It's by the... Um, right by like, Empowered Field. Yeah, it's Empowered like two exits down. Free is a big ass here. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Let's get to another one. That's a fun one. That was fun, man. We'll hit a roller coaster right. one day, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have to know, what is the weirdest thing that an EDM goer has said or done in front of you? <laughs> has done in what? In front of you. In front of you? I don't know. That's a hard question. I've seen a lot of weird shit. Man. I have seen a lot of weird shit. See, I saw a dildo once in a place where I don't know how they snuck it in. Yeah. So that was pretty weird. Yeah. I've seen like bad weird things. Oh, I don't shit. really want to go there. Well, let's go to a fun weird thing. Though. Yeah. I've seen a bad weird thing in the underground days. It's the first thing that comes up and it's inappropriate. 
So we'll not go there, but do here, an, do an anal and, and a lineum on the rail, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> fuck, dude. I saw that. What the fuck's going on with kids these days, man? Dude, someone posted it in my group page. So like, I'm just surprised this wasn't at your yeah. set. <laughs> just okay, like, here's, here's a fun one I just thought of. It's like not the weirdest thing I've seen, but this was just cool at the time. Um, I was playing this little festival in California called Still Dream. It was called, um, it was called Still Dream. Sorry. Yeah. But there is um, this this artist I kind of looked up to as their plastician, and he was like out in the crowd, and he was watching my set, and I saw him kind of vibing, and I was like, oh, sick. There's plastician, you know. Mm. And then I went on Facebook after the festival, and he posted some video, and it was of my set. And it was this, like, girl with a horse mask on who was, like, on the stage with, like, one titty hanging out, like, doing weird-ass moves. And it was during my set. And he was just like, man, they're getting fucking weird out here in California. <laughs> and it, like, legit got, like, 500 comments. Like, people were just like, what the fuck? Where are you? Like, what's going on? And my, I was just, like, kind of hyped up because I was like, that was during my set, yo. <laughs> They're getting crazy yeah. during slump, bro. Yeah, it was a funny video because this chick was like horse head, one tit, like weird ass moves, like, like, like kind of like fucking with people vibe, you know? I guess like you I had get a, that like weird prankster tripper type people. You ever met all them? The time, yeah, yeah, and they like like to like fuck with people. It's kind of like my that. favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. One of those vibes. I had a guy tell me I could fuck his girlfriend. We could be boys. <laughs> And uh, and then I wrote a song about it. It's called Plan B, and then I fucked him in the song. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the comedy album, Songs Your Wife Leaves You Too. Uh, Songs Your Wife Leaves You Too. It's the name of the comedy album. Oh, man. Yeah, it's That's good so stuff. <laughs> he didn't end up banging his girlfriend, though? No, 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 no. I just got on stage and stopped the set halfway through and told the crowd that there's this guy out there who said I could fuck his girlfriend and we could be boys. <laughs> Little did they know I wanted to fuck him. And then I continued to play music. Nice. Yeah, that was fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Hey, Taboo. Uh, Taboo, I just excited to see you in Rochester on December 3rd. I'm super pumped. I'm from the Buffalo area. Hell yeah. Pumped. I first met you at Elements, actually, in VIP when uh, you needed a light for the for the joint you were smoking there. And uh, I was more than happy to give it to you. I didn't even know it was you at the time, to be honest, until my boy told me. But, um, <laughs> you know, I saw you later that night at the, at the end of the show there, and I was super sick. So I uh, just wanted to also ask you guys, I am a chef and everything like that. I've been cooking for a lot of years. Just honestly wondering, what's your favorite guys' like meal to eat while you guys are on the road? Is there anything you guys like indulge in specifically that kind of helps you get through you or get you to the tour? And uh, you know, I know it's an exhausting drive and stuff like that every day to do what you guys are doing. So appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Dude, my favorite thing to eat is pussy. Yeah. So. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like I can't just eat one thing all the time, man. I gotta switch it up. Is there something that you've been like consistently so like something For we've been me, doing on this tour? We've been eating a lot of barbecue. What do I eat on this tour? It's kinda different every city. But yeah, um if I had to choose usually I fuck with some kind of Asian food on the road just because I don't know, I just doesn't really like um weigh me down too much, you know, like some Thai food or something been eating a lot of that on the road dude we literally like when we get into like once we get to like the midwest and south like mm -hmm. all we eat is barbecue yeah i'm like let's if go i'm in that territory i'll eat a lot of barbecue yeah too. dude i had yeah. the best barbecue of my fucking life in des moines iowa mm -hmm. out of all the places des moines yeah for sure yeah i was so shocked and i've yeah. literally this whole tour been trying to find barbecue and whenever i'm in cities 
just because I'm trying to get that nut mm-hmm. again that I got from Smokey no, D's. No, you could get unexpected places, totally. I've had real far, fire barbecue in, um, where was it, St. Louis one time, and I did not expect it. I was like, whoa. Dude, I had the best Nashville hot chicken in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. I love food, man. Food yeah. is, like, a great joy for me. So I um. The thing about touring though is I'm not I don't like to eat like crazy fried stuff or like shit that's gonna make me super tired, you know. I don't like to eat like a lot of pasta or something, you yeah, know. Yeah, I haven't done that a single time. So if I ha- if I could choose, like I love it getting like a fucking piece of meat, like a steak or salmon or something, yeah. like some mashed potatoes and like broccoli. If I could eat that every night on tour, I would be. Pumped. Dude, I had Just like the best steak of my life in Rochester. Easy going on my stomach, you know. It's funny that this guy's was this guy. Well, Jeremy, does this guy say he was going? To, was this the Rochester guy? He's going to my show on yeah, the third. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, I had the best steak of my fucking life in Rochester last really? time I was there. I forget nice. the name of the restaurant, but I'm going back there. Hell yeah, December the third. I was fucking. It was so good. Yeah, I got on this whole like anti-inflammatory diet for like six months. Super strict about it, and I just kind of slowly started fucking off eating processed stuff and eating. Um, like uh, bread and chips and things like that, and then ass. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that wasn't off the diet. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all natural. That's all natural. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I kind of slowly started getting back into eating bullshit. But you know, I think it's good to like not be so rigid and strict. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like know what works with you, but be willing to like indulge every now and then. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Ain't nothing wrong with having a slice of cake every now and then. Nah, dude, go get yeah. you a McGriddle. Yeah, McGriddle. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- cool, I love me them goddamn McGriddles, boy. Yeah. Let's get to. Is this the last one right this here? Is the last one. Cool. If you guys could throw your own curated festival anywhere in the world, where would it be, and what would that look like? Thanks, guys. Have yeah. a great day. That's a good question. I would love to do it. Like, if I could just get a banging-ass audience to all go to Costa Rica with me, let's do that. Yeah. That's, like, one of my favorite places I've ever been, you know. I mean, it's hard for me because I have a limited places I've traveled. I've never been to Europe or Asia. So I'm kind of basing it off the places I've been. And My favorite place I've ever been was Costa Rica. So if I could have all my homies down there, like a banging system and a sick crowd, that would be awesome like fucking so cool let's there. work towards that dude let's get you that you know what's funny is one of my homies was doing that for a few years you know stylist mm-hmm. stylist beats yeah so he has this record label called sleeveless mm-hmm. and they they were throwing this party in costa rica for a few years it's called bamboo that was why i went down i went down there two years and um i don't think it ever like super took off so they had to kind of like figure something else out but um it was fucking cool man Dude, I like it down there. I'm like the complete opposite from you, bro. I Where do, would you throw it? I threw a festival in Montana during the fall. Montana during the fall? Yeah. yeah Montana's cool. oh, beautiful. Yeah. I think it's like my favorite. Get them autumn leaves. Yeah, dude. Montana. I think Montana's beautiful. Not only is Montana beautiful, like Montana the, people, is beautiful. the people there are amazing. Yeah. I love Missoula, Yeah. So pretty. I love the people there. Like the people in Montana are just like the coolest, nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, totally. And uh, humble mountain folk. Yeah. So I'd throw a festival out there, man, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd have like a I'd throw some. It wouldn't just be electronic music, dude. If I'm doing it in Montana, I'm throwing some fucking bluegrass in there, dude. Totally. And, you know, some string instruments, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. 
I would love to throw one <clears throat> in the Bay Area too, just because that's where I'm from. Dude, you know, it'd be really cool. Is, it's pull. like a trailer park. <clears throat> trailer park party. Like, yeah. like, like people like their hotel rooms, like they rent out trailer parks. You know, and like you know, maybe the stage is literally on top of a fucking trailer, which is like a banging ass system. I mean, it works with your branding, dude. But it, how fun would that be, yeah, dude? That Just a fun, white right? trash party. White trash party. Yeah. yeah. Be a yeah. lot of meth. Oh, way to wake, made way to make it dark, Jeremy. But dude, did that sign up front? No meth. No meth allowed. allowed. <laughs> Everything else is fine. We're keeping it. We're keeping it legit. These meth free right. festival at the Last very top. Last year was a shit show. <laughs> Too much meth. Yeah, dude. Everyone went to sleep. Did a trailer park party. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Trailer park boys. Yeah, number two. That'd be sick. Yeah, I like that. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been fun, man. Super fun, Mitch. I was like hanging with you and. Glad we did the podcast. Hey man, I'm always, always feel like you're such a cool dude. Like I feel cooler when I'm around you. <laughs> Thanks, like bro. you just got like, like this like natural swag to you. It's cool. Natural. Yeah, it's cool, man. So like, thank <laughs> Thanks, you, man. I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, I man. Appreciate I, I appreciate I'm, uh, you. I'm like, just feel so blessed to be a part <clears throat> of this whole community. You know, mm -hmm. like the friends that I've made through doing music and. A lot of the like Wakan squad, it's just, it's so cool to like um, have people that, that are genuinely and passionately into the same thing that you're into. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah, I'm just grateful for that, man. Grateful yeah. for you. I'm grateful for you, man. Yeah, I appreciate bro. your friendship, dude. We don't get to hang out nearly as much as I'd like to. It's I always... know, man. I'm going to come out here and kick it at some point and we'll write some music and yeah. just chill. That'd be awesome, man. And uh, like I said, love your music, man. It's been awesome getting to know you. And this was great, man. I appreciate you sitting out with me today. Oh, yeah, man. Hell Anything yeah. you want to let the people know before you get out of here? Um, yeah. We got Alien Ship Part 2 coming very soon, so... Stay on the lookout for that. I believe it's December um, 6th. Got you. Yeah, it was so. the 12th whenever you texted me. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> it's coming. Too much weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Well, but yeah, look, look out for Alien Ship Part 2. And also, um, I'm on tour right now. So if you see me coming to a city near you, please pull up. We're, uh, we're about to announce Phase 2. So a lot of new dates. Fuck yeah, yeah man. Well, say, dude, this has been awesome. I appreciate you. And I uh, appreciate you, Jeremy. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I appreciate everybody listening this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. I will see y'all next week. Peace.